WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Men and women of the United States, this is a momentous hour in world history. This is the invasion of Hitler's Europe, the zero hour of the Second Front. The men of General Dwight Eisenhower are leaving their landing barges fighting their way up the beaches into the fortress of Nazi Europe. Good morning, Orlando, and welcome to a special edition of our show commemorating the 75th anniversary of D-Day, beginning with our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here at 6 o'clock on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour is D-Day 75, more in one minute. And we are watching the ceremonies unfolding on the beaches of Normandy. We'll check in there live. We will also hear some iconic speeches from General Eisenhower and President Roosevelt. Don't miss this half hour of Good Morning Orlando. World War II veterans and military members are attending a service in Normandy, France, dedicating a memorial to the soldiers who lost their lives during the D-Day invasion in 1944. As the sun rises over Versailles, we gather to commemorate the events of 75 years ago. We give thanks for those who served by land, sea and air in the armed forces or auxiliary organizations. President Trump, British Prime Minister Theresa May and French President Emmanuel Macron also in attendance. Nearly 160,000 Allied troops landed in Normandy of those 73,000 were from the United States. Yeah, we'll take you through D-Day by the numbers, how massive it was and the carnage um, that resulted, uh, leading, of course, to victory in World War II. That'll be in our 7 o'clock hour. Just as you were speaking, Alan, French President Macron wrapped up his remarks where he just lavished praise on the on the heroism of the of the American troops and, and what America means in the world. President Trump spontaneously got up and they had a hug right in the middle of the... Uh, of the proceedings. It was quite something to see. I saw that, and uh, those are two people who've been at odds over the past year or so. This is a different issue. This is a different day. We'll be hearing from the president shortly. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The now former Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School resource officer who never confronted the shooter in the Valentine's Day massacre last year, is already fighting. During his bond hearing, Scott Peterson's defense attorney questioned claims he was a caregiver. Fellow attorney David Weinstein says no law clearly states that an SRO must put his life on the line. And whether or not he neglected what he was able to do and whether or not his actions were related to protecting himself or protecting the children and adults who were up on that third floor. Peterson's bond is set at $102,000. Yeah, we talked yesterday extensively on the show. A lot of legal experts think it's going to be very hard to get a conviction on the most serious charges of child neglect. And meanwhile, Bud, schools still not in compliance with Florida's guardian mandate are called out in a meeting of the Stoneman Douglas Public Safety Commission. Ten Florida districts, about 190 schools, are still without a guardian program, including Palm Beach County. And the people of Palm Beach that have children in those schools ought to be standing up and saying, have you all lost your ever-loving mind? Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd says the public and charter schools are fighting over funding and implementation, putting every child at risk for no reason. He calls this ridiculous and says the schools need to be staffed with a resource officer or guardian until all the issues are hashed out in court. 
Wendy Grossman, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. A deadly shooting is highlighting a long-running issue in one Brevard County neighborhood. An Indianlandic man was killed this week in a shootout with a deputy after he and a neighbor got into an argument about feeding feral cats. Neighbors say feral cats have been roaming the streets for decades, and some blame the city's no-kill policy of neutering or spaying the cats before releasing them back where they were found. The Raptors are back in control of the NBA Finals. They beat the Warriors 123-109 in Game 3 at Oakland. They had to overcome 47 points by Golden State's Steph Curry. But Toronto head coach Nick Nurse said... It doesn't really matter, right? I don't, I mean, I don't really... All that matters, my, my dad used to tell me the stats don't matter, just the final score. So we'll just, we'll just take the win, be, be thankful for that. The Raptors now lead the best of seven series 2-1. to one. The Warriors host Game 4 on Friday. WFLA News Time 606. Trump's cruising ban cancels the St. Petersburg mayor's trip to Cuba. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. And a very good morning to you on a very special day when we bring you a very special edition of Good Morning Orlando, largely dedicated to the commemoration of D Day, 75 years ago today, June 6, 1944, Allied troops. Led by the Americans, stormed the beaches of Normandy, France, where ceremonies are occurring now. Some 300 veterans of that incredible invasion, unlike anything else ever seen in history, have made the trip, ranging in age from 91 to 101 years of age. They have a place of honor on the dais. President Trump right now is shaking hands with many of them. His speech is expected shortly. Um, we are going to take you back in time, though, and we will we will share with you two iconic addresses uh, on D-Day, first by later President Dwight D. Eisenhower, then the Supreme Commander of the Allied Forces, is addressed to the troops in just a moment. The president is beginning to speak. We are recording that. We will bring you excerpts along the way. And then President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's iconic prayer to the nation over the radio on D-Day. It is extraordinary. If you have not heard it, we will play it in its entirety. That is coming up. And in the 8 o'clock hour, Alan, a great honor. I will be interviewing 98-year-old D-Day veteran from Leesburg, Major Jack Hallett. He was flying a fighter plane that day to cover the troops on the beaches. His story is amazing. We'll have it at 8 o'clock. And coming up in just two minutes, an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on Good Morning Orlando. It is 6.08. Headlines for you right now. It is a day of remembrance around the globe as President Trump joins world leaders and veterans in Normandy, France, to mark this 75th anniversary of the D-Day invasion. President Trump continues a tradition for American presidents to honor the 160,000 Allied troops who landed on June 6, 1944, setting in motion the demise of Hitler's Third Reich. Trump also is going to have a meeting with French President Emmanuel Macron after the D-Day ceremony. Macron spoke moments ago. The president is speaking now. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories for you throughout the morning on Good Morning Orlando. (laughs) 
Welcome to the 50,000 Watt Front Forge. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Gaffey, you rolled on the um, opening moments of the president's speech, which continues on, at Normandy right now. Uh, let's share that with our listeners now. We are gathered here on Freedom's Altar, on these shores, on these bluffs, on this day 75 years ago. 10,000 men shed their blood and thousands sacrificed their lives for their brothers, for their countries, and for the survival of liberty. Today, we remember those who fell, and we honor all who fought right here in Normandy. They won back this ground for civilization to more than 170 veterans of the Second World War who join us today. You are among the very greatest Americans who will ever live. You are the pride of our nation. You are the glory of our republic. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Boy, there's an iconic line. We gather today at Freedom's Altar. Wow. Melissa, you caught something I didn't see. Right about that time in the speech, which is still going on, as you said, uh, one of the veterans of 300, I believe, that are there from the war, one of them stood up and repeatedly saluted President Trump. Who turned around and applauded all of them. It was beautiful. Oh, it's remarkable what's happening over there. President Trump really has been at his best throughout this trip. But um, this speech, what we've heard of it, is one for the ages. So, too, was the speech of a man who was to become president. But on June 6, 1944, 75 years ago today was the supreme commander of the Allied forces, American General Dwight D. Eisenhower. Um, He had an address to the troops. It runs about a minute and a half in its entirety, and it is extraordinary. Here it is. Soldiers, sailors, and airmen of the Allied Expeditionary Force, you are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. In company with our brave allies and brothers-in-arms on other fronts, you will bring about the destruction of the German war machine, the elimination of Nazi tyranny over the oppressed peoples of Europe, and security for ourselves in a free world. Your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely. But this is the year 1944. Much has happened since the Nazi triumphs of 1940-41. The United Nations have inflicted upon the Germans great defeats in open battle, man to man. Our air offensive has seriously reduced their strength in the air and their capacity to wage war on the ground. Our home front have given us an overwhelming superiority in weapons and munitions of war and placed at our disposal great reserves of trained fighting men. The tide has turned. The free men of the world are marching together to victory. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty, and skill in battle. 
we will accept nothing less than full victory. Good luck, and let us all beseech the blessing of Almighty God upon this great and noble undertaking. General Dwight D. Eisenhower's address to the troops 75 years ago today, D-Day, June 6, 1944. In a moment, a speech unlike any ever delivered by any president, written by himself, then-President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, went on the radio to offer his prayer for the troops and the nations. So many references to God. If a president gave a speech like that today, I have to believe the lawsuits would be flying. How sad how things have changed in that regard. The iconic radio prayer by FDR coming up right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes for you on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now. President Trump says talks with Mexico over tariffs and immigration will pick back up today after yesterday's discussion ended without a deal. Uh, The president says tariffs on all Mexican imports are set to start this coming Monday. Big controversy in Congress over this, even among the Republicans. We'll have a live report on it all in one half hour. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in the top stories here on Good Morning Orlando. Hard Radio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. As our troops began storming the beaches of Normandy 75 years ago on D-Day, the president then, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, took to the airwaves with a prayer he had written with his own hand and addressed the nation and the American heroes on the beaches of Normandy. My fellow Americans... Last night, when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. And so, in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard. For the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come with rushing speed. But we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. They will be sore tried by night and by day without rest until the victory is won. The darkness will be rent by noise and flame 
Men's souls will be shaken with the violences of war. For these men are lately drawn from the ways of peace. They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise and tolerance and goodwill among all thy people. They yearn but for the end of battle, for their return to the haven of home. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, thy heroic servants, into thy kingdom. And for us at home, fathers, mothers, children, wives, sisters, and brothers of brave men overseas, whose thoughts and prayers are ever with them, help us, almighty God, to rededicate ourselves in renewed faith in thee in this hour of great sacrifice. Many people have urged that I call the nation into a single day of special prayer. But because the road is long and the desire is great, I ask that our people devote themselves in a continuance of prayer. As we rise to each new day, and again when each day is spent, let words of prayer be on our lips, invoking thy help to our efforts. Give us strength too, strengthen our daily tasks, to redouble the contributions we make in the physical, and the material support of our armed forces. And let our hearts be stout to wait out the long travel, to bear sorrows that may come, to impart our courage unto our sons, wheresoever they may be. And, O oh Lord, give us faith Give us faith in thee, faith in our sons, faith in each other, faith in our united crusade. Let not the keenness of our spirit ever be dull. Let not the impacts of temporary events, of temporal matters of but fleeting moment, let not these deter us in our unconquerable purpose. With thy blessing, we shall prevail over the unholy forces of our enemy. Help us to conquer the apostles of greed and racial arrogances. Lead us to the saving of our country and with our sister nations into a world unity that will spell a sure peace, a peace invulnerable to the schemings of unworthy men. 
and a peace that will let all men live in freedom, reaping the just rewards of their honest toil. Thy will be done, almighty God. That's what Americans by the millions were hearing on their radios from their president then, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, his prayer written by himself with no one else on D-Day, June 6, 1944. And Yaffe, very quickly, I know you've captured more of the president's ongoing speech at Normandy on the 75th anniversary here. We'll play it in the next segment. Um, what a juxtaposition of our president speaking while we are hearing that iconic prayer from the president of that time. Right. I mean, the thing that always comes to my mind when I think about this day is just imagine how worse the world would have been if we didn't win that war. I mean, just imagine. Yeah. Everything, everything hinged on it. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the effort that turned the tide really took shape on the beaches of Normandy 75 years ago at great, great cost. Yeah. And we had the right men in place when you talk about Franklin Roosevelt and Winston Churchill. Yeah, we sure did. Um, and now, uh, it's easy to get you fired up on the hot issues of the day to respond on the phone or the text line here, but your reaction to that prayer from FDR, the address to the troops by Eisenhower, and the excerpt of President Trump's remarkable speech still in progress on the beaches of Normandy, and what are your thoughts, patriots, 75 years after the D-Day invasion. 407-916-5400. Join the conversation on this special edition of our show or hit the text line at 23680. Now, though, Alan, get us up to date, if you will, on everything in the news. The new Cuba ban has cruise lines changing their itineraries and a Volusia County deputy is remembered. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 6.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando, our special D-Day 75th anniversary show. President Trump um, is still speaking, and you will hear further excerpts uh, from the beaches of Normandy shortly. But there's other news, and President Trump's involved, Alan, in the very first story you have. Yes, bud. The Trump administration's new ban on travel to Cuba is in effect, and that means cruise lines are changing their itineraries now that Cuban ports are again off limits. The Carnival Sensation cruise ship had to change a destination on the cruise that left Miami Monday. It'll stop in Cozumel Thursday instead of Havana. Guests will get a $100 onboard credit. The company says it will update itineraries on upcoming cruises within the next couple of days. Carnival Cruise Line and Holland America Line had been sailing to Cuba, and Seabourn, owned by the same company, was scheduled to begin trips there in November, all now canceled. Gordon Bird, New News Radio 93.1 WFLA. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. This morning, a celebration of life will be held to honor the Volusia County deputy who was killed in a bicycle accident. Services for Senior Deputy Frank Schofield will be held at 11 a.m. at the First Baptist Church in Daytona Beach, and the public is welcome. The 58-year-old deputy was killed while riding his bike on Tomoka Farms Road when he was hit from behind by a driver who ran a stop sign. As we told you yesterday, a burn ban is in effect in Seminole County. Deputy Fire Chief Jeff Ward tells us that means all open burning outside is prohibited until further notice. Campfires, any bonfires, or any open burning of yard trash or yard debris or waste. 
Chief Ward says it doesn't take much to ignite an inferno. One small ember, something like an ember from that fire, can light off that very dry vegetation there, and then before you know it, we have a wildfire. More afternoon rains are in the forecast, but Ward cautions that could be a mixed blessing if the storms include lightning. A state representative says he is sorry for actions that led to calls for his resignation. Pensacola Republican Mike Hill issuing an apology for chuckling at a suggestion from a constituent last month that gays should be executed. He said he deeply regrets how the tone of his response was received. Hill said he believes all lives are equal in the image of God and added that he served in the military to protect the freedoms of all Americans. Florida Tax Watch is out with its annual list of state budget turkeys, projects totaling $133 million. Some of these programs could be valuable. The question is, if with you know scarce dollars, are these the things that the state should be funding at a local level that don't have a statewide impact? Tax Watch's Kurt Wenner is confident the governor will use his line item veto to trim the state budget where necessary. And Amazon says it will be delivering orders with drones in the next few months. The online retail giant announcing its new drones will be more stable, more efficient, and safer. Checking headlines right now, the president uh, has wrapped up his speech on the beaches of Normandy, and it seemed to play very, very well with the assembly there and a huge crowd and lots of the aging World War II veterans uh, that he personally addressed and interacted with. We'll hear an excerpt in just a moment, the speech having concluded moments ago. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes throughout the morning. That's our promise right here on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. On the 75th anniversary of the D-Day invasion, at the very spot where it all unfolded in Normandy, France, President Trump with a stirring speech that has just concluded, focusing on, among many things, how it was not just our military might that prevailed on D-Day, it was the American spirit. They were young men with their entire lives before them. They were husbands who said goodbye to their young brides and took their duty as their fate. They were fathers who would never meet their infant sons and daughters because they had a job to do. And with God as their witness, they were going to get it done. They came wave after wave, without question, without hesitation, and without complaint. More powerful than the strength of American arms was the strength of American hearts. These men ran through the fires of hell moved by a force no weapon could destroy. The fierce patriotism of a free, proud, and sovereign people. Thanks for turning that around for us, Yaffe. You and Melissa in the control room have been able, while I've been talking and we've been doing other things on the show, uh, to see and hear more than I have, or of course, than our listeners. What's your take on it all? Well, I have to say one thing. It's amazing to see those World War II veterans 
behind the president while he was speaking. And there were numerous times where Trump would turn around and either applaud to the veterans or just shake their hand. And he talked about a couple of veterans that were there as well. It's just an amazing thing. Um, just showing appreciation for those who fought that day. Not only that, but these veterans, they get it. They realize that Trump is doing the right thing and the speeches and just all the whole commemorating speeches are just beautiful. They're making me tear up. I can't even think straight. Yeah, right I now. understand what you're saying. And in the seven o'clock hour, if you want to reconnect with the massive nature of that invasion that began on June 6, 1944 in the beaches of Normandy, France, and the price that was paid in blood. Uh, stay with us because we'll have the numbers on D-Day in our 7 o'clock hour. and the 8 o'clock hour, I'll have a live interview with a local 98-year-old uh, D-Day veteran. He was on a fighter plane that day covering those troops on the beaches. Major Jack Hallett at 810. You want to be here to salute him as we do. A couple of moments, we're going to have a live report on the big political controversy swirling around President Trump over those tariffs on Mexico. Important story, live update for you after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now, President Trump says talks with Mexico over tariffs and immigration are going to pick back up today in Washington uh, after yesterday's discussions ended without a deal. You know, the president says, and he says he's not bluffing, he's going to start imposing um, tariffs on Mexican imports next Monday unless Mexico takes strong action to curb the flow of migrants coming out of Central America through Mexico to the United States. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And on this situation with the controversy swirling around these threatened uh, tariffs by the president against uh, Mexican goods, 5%, and then graduating to 25% if they don't do anything by the 1st of October. Let's bring in News Radio WFLA national correspondent Bill Zimfer. Bill, good morning. What can you tell us? Well, Bud, uh, those talks will continue today. Uh, there were discussions held yesterday, and according to uh, the Mexican uh, foreign minister, uh, they basically centered on the problem of migration rather than talking about the tariffs. The two countries are talking about what can be done to stem the tide of migrants coming up from Central America. So those discussions will continue today. Of course, uh, President Trump commented on it yesterday. Those discussions in Washington are being led by Vice President Pence and Secretary of State Pompeo right now. Uh, but uh, there will be more discussions today as they try to head off this possible tariff increase, which is set to happen on Monday as you said. Now, uh, one of the things that uh, appears to be uh, happening on both sides is that there's pressure being generated. In this country, of course, it is from uh, a bipartisan group of congressmen who are saying that these tariffs will be harmful, and that includes Republicans as well. So there is some pressure on the president to try to get something done here. On the Mexican side, they are already feeling the heat here as uh, their economy is already slowing down. The central bank in Mexico has lowered their growth expectations for this coming year. So there's already some storm clouds brewing economically in Mexico. They don't want to see that hurt by tariffs. So both sides mm -hmm. are under some pressure here to get something done before Monday, bud. Yeah, and it came up before reporters on the tarmac when the president had finished his um, 
speech or his um, his meeting with the Prime Minister of Ireland in Shannon, Ireland. He's on the tarmac getting ready to come on over to Normandy where he is as we speak, Bill. And he ripped into the Democrats for opposing the tariffs, you know, to force the issue and get Mexico's help to secure the border. But he also ripped into, and you were referencing this, uh, a significant number of Republicans, particularly in the Senate, who are not backing him. Here's the president on that. We're having a great talk with Mexico. We'll see what happens. But uh, something pretty dramatic could happen. Uh, we've told Mexico the tariffs go on, and I mean it, too. And I'm very happy with it. And a lot of people, senators included, they have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to tariffs. They have no, absolutely no idea. And the president reaffirmed, Bill, in closing here that uh, I'm not bluffing. We're putting those yeah. tariffs on starting Monday if Mexico doesn't get its act together. Yeah, I would think that uh, there is significant pressure to get something done over the weekend here. Again, these talks continue today, getting down really to the critical uh, critical question of what can be done. And Mexico's view of this, Bud, is that there has to be some type of action taking at the source level, meaning Central America. Things have to be done there in order to keep people there and uh, so they're not coming north to the U.S. border eventually. I expect these negotiations will be productive over the next day. They may even continue into the weekend, bud. All right. You've got great instincts in terms of the news. I hope you're right. Thank you very much. News Radio WFLA National Correspondent Bill Zimfer. Appreciate it as always. Catch you next time. You got it. Thanks, bud. Yeah. Alan, we have our eyes uh, glued on what's going on in Normandy right now. Looks like they're having some flyovers coming in from what's an idyllic scene on those beaches today, you know, that were just filled with planes and boats and troops. 75 years ago, we got the Macrons and the uh, and the Trumps looking out over the English Channel. Yeah, they're all standing in a railing uh, overlooking this scene. And it's amazing to see because, like you said, right now the beach looks peaceful. It's very green, but it was very different back then, 75 years it's ago. Neat. It's cool that you bring that up, too, because the vet said that, too, that the changes in the way that it's grown back up um, since they were there. When they stormed the beaches, it's just beautiful the recovery yeah and atop those cliffs where so many lost their lives trying to get you know in position to right. really go after nazi germany there you know you think of of there being one cemetery there were 20 cemeteries along the beaches of normandy yeah. where so many died how many we'll get into that when we take you through d-day by the numbers in our seven o'clock hour um Alan, news at the top of the hour. A lot of folks just joining us on our special 75th anniversary of D-Day. Good morning, Orlando. What do you have this morning? We'll have more on the D-Day ceremonies, bud, plus the Parkland School Resource Officer in court and who won Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Those stories and others and traffic and weather together in just two minutes, 6.59 on Good Morning, Orlando. WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Under the command of General Eisenhower, Allied naval forces, supported by strong air forces, began landing Allied armies this morning on the northern coast of France. 
That was the Bulletin on the Radio 75 years ago today. It's our special D-Day anniversary edition of the show. Welcome here at 7 o'clock. We begin with an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM AM 540 and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour is D-Day remembered 75 years later, more in one minute. And things you never knew about the Allied invasion in a moment on Good Morning Orlando. The world is paying tribute today to all of those who took part in the D-Day invasion 75 years ago today. It was the first step toward the liberation of Nazi-occupied France and the eventual fall of the Third Reich less than a year later. Speaking during a commemoration ceremony at Normandy, France, President Trump said the world thanks those who fought from the bottom of our hearts. It was here that tens of thousands of the Americans came. The GIs who boarded the landing craft that morning knew that they carried on their shoulders not just the pack of a soldier, but the fate of the world. President Trump spoke among other leaders and veterans at the Normandy American Cemetery where 9,088 Americans are buried. We've had um, aerial flyovers, modern planes, period planes from World War II. Trump's and the Macrones are, are watching it all, and so are we. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The attorney for Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High's former school resource officer is already laying out a defense strategy fighting child neglect, culpable negligence, and perjury charges that could send him to prison for nearly 100 years. One of the questions the defense is already posing is, as a school resource officer... Uh, that he meets the statutory definition of, of caregiver. Fellow attorney David Weinstein says the state must also prove Scott Peterson had a duty to put his life on the line and his inaction led to the death of students and staff. An interpretation of a variety of different laws and obligations that are out there and then also it ties into this duty of reasonable care. A judge ruled Peterson cannot be released from jail on his $102,000 bond until his passport, which is in his North Carolina home, is surrendered in Broward. Eric Rodriguez, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Meanwhile, the Stoneman Douglas Public Safety Commission is blasting Florida schools that are not complying with the Guardian mandate requiring campus resource officers. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd. To think for a second that a lawsuit and a couple of lawyers on each side of an issue can stop the safety and security of the officer and usurp two years worth of state law is ridiculous. Judd says the fighting over funding and implementation of the Guardian program is inexcusable. Absolutely agree with that. An incident at an Orlando theme park now has the attention of federal investigators. OSHA announcing it's looking into reports of people being zapped by electrical shocks at Universal's Volcano Bay Water Park last weekend. Well, it could have been electrocuted. It's really frightening, isn't it? A mix of water and electricity? Very bad. I'm glad they're looking into this. That can never happen again. We're lucky everybody made it. Yep. The Raptors now lead the NBA Finals two games to one after a 123-109 victory over Golden State at Oakland. Toronto led by Kawhi Leonard's 30 points and 23 from Kyle Lowry. Warriors head coach Steve Kerr says he was proud of his team's effort, but they got outplayed. Oh, very proud. They, they, uh, they played really, really hard and uh, gave it everything they had and uh, just ran into a better team tonight. Toronto played an excellent game and made big shots every time they needed to. Game four tomorrow night again at Oakland. WFLA News Time 7.06. A gunman uses Lyft as his getaway car 
after shooting up a mobile home park in Indiana. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. And alongside my co-host Alan Spector, Bud Hedinger with Yaffe in the control room, Mike Yaffe and Melissa Fox. And we'll be taking your calls on our special edition of Good Morning Orlando honoring the 75th anniversary of the D-Day invasion uh, overseas. We are watching some very, very dramatic scenes. We've had the president speak, and now he and and uh, the Macrons, of course, that's the French president, um, are looking out over what's a quiet scene relative to what was happening 75 years ago with the invasion in full swing. What was that that we saw uh, from those planes. They were skywriting red, white, and blue. Yep, it looked like the French flag. Amazing. And, in a way, it's, you know, it yeah, honors America. America, right. You know, the, the red, white, and blue. Amazing scene. Streaking across the sky. Remarkable. And One then, of the many flyovers we were seeing. And mm-hmm. it also looked like there was a missing man formation with that as well. One of the planes dropped out of the formation. Yeah, yeah. it is correct, Alan. Yeah, that would be appropriate, of course. Um, and, and there were so many who were lost on that day. We paid an enormous price on D-Day. If, you, if you're not fully connected or recalling the carnage of that day and the massive size of that invasion, uh, we'll give you D-Day by the numbers here in just a moment. Um, by the way, you're invited to call our number with anything that's on your mind and heart on this very special day. 407-916-5400. Our toll-free is 866-916-5400. Or join us via text line at 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. Alan? And an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Just two minutes away on Good Morning Orlando, 708. Updating you on headlines right now. President Trump's big June 18th rally at the Amway Center in Orlando is forcing Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer to reschedule his State of the City speech. It was slated for the same day at the Dr. Phillips Center. City officials say the logistical support required for a presidential visit necessitated the change. Dyer's speech now slated for Monday, June 24th. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories for you all morning long right here in Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Alexa to play News Radio 93.1 from iHeartRadio. Day by the numbers for you right now because I, I, I think it's an open question as to how many of you or any group of Americans, regardless of whether you're true patriots or not, are well connected with what a massive invasion this was. And how many lives were lost? The scale of the Allied invasion, it was really unlike anything the world had seen before or perhaps ever will see again. It was the largest amphibious invasion in history on the beaches of Normandy, June 6, 1944. You know, by that time in 1944, the Allies had already managed to slow the forward march of, uh, of the German war machine, and the invasion was an opportunity to begin driving the Nazis back and eventually taking Hitler's regime down. The invasion, unquestionably, one of the greatest undertakings in military history. And by the numbers, here's what it took to pull it off. Alan? Yeah, how about 
about 7 million tons of supplies. That includes 450,000 tons of ammunition. They were brought into Britain from the U.S. in preparation for the invasion. War planners laying out the spearhead into continental Europe created around 17 million maps. Million? Amazing. 17 million maps wow. to support the operation. They mm. didn't have GPS back then. Oh, that's right. Training for D-Day was brutal and in some cases deadly. During a live fire rehearsal exercise in late April 1944, German fast attack craft ambushed Allied forces, killing 749 American troops. You know, that's, I think, something that is a little known fact. You know, that while I we were training that. for this, you know, we got we got cut apart by yeah. the Nazis there. A rehearsal exercise. Yeah. 749 Americans dead. What do you got, Effie? Wow. Uh, D-Day began just after midnight with Allied air operations. 11,590 Allied aircraft flew 14,674 sorties during the invasion, delivering airborne troops to drop points and bombing enemy positions. 15,500 American and 7,900 British airborne troops jumped into France behind enemy lines before Allied forces stormed the beaches. 6,939 naval vessels, including 1,213 naval combat ships, 4,126 landing ships, 736 ancillary craft, and 864 merchant vessels, manned by 195,700 sailors, took part in the beach assault. These numbers, these numbers are unimaginable, are they not? I, I, I'm trying to picture them in my head, and it's just, it's beyond my comprehension. And you've got more. Yes, 132,715 Allied troops, among which were 57,500 Americans, 75,215 British and Canadian forces landed at five beaches in Normandy. And then all hell broke loose, Melissa. That is correct. 23,250 U.S. troops fought their way ashore at Utah Beach as 34,250 additional American forces stormed Omaha Beach. 53,815 British troops battled their way onto gold and sword beaches, while 21,400 Canadian troops took Juneau Beach. All of this is happening 75 years ago now, June 6th, 1944. What about the price the American forces paid? The U.S. casualties for D-Day, 2,499 dead. 3,184 wounded, 1,928 missing, 26 captured. British forces suffered about 2,700 casualties, while the Canadian troops lost 946. Total casualties, both sides, in the Battle of Normandy, June 6th, which raged all the way to June 25th as troops kept on coming on and the Nazis kept on fighting back, approximately 425 and by the end of June 11th, D-Day plus five days, 326,000 troops, 54,000 vehicles, and 104,000 tons of supplies had been unloaded in France. And by the end of the war, those figures would increase to 2.5 million men, half a million vehicles, 4 million tons of additional supplies. And that's what it took to crush 
the Third Reich of Adolf Hitler. And the great invasion, the greatest of all time, began on this very date 75 years ago. It's astounding when you take D-Day by the numbers. Boy, and the massive planning that had to be involved in putting this together. Remember, again, this is 75 years ago. No computers. Every All this planning had to be pretty much you know, pen to paper or at best tele, uh, typewriter to paper. Oh, sure. And they had to be very, very careful of any electronic communication you know, for security reasons, not mm-hmm. to tip off the Nazis. It's remarkable how much of this they were able to keep secret. They had so the Nazis sold on the idea that they were coming ashore somewhere else in France. You know, it was amazing. And they even yeah. created fake tanks that they put down there so that when their reconnaissance planes came over, they looked down and said, there, there they are. They're coming. Well, they're not coming there. They're coming in Normandy. And, and as tough as it was on the beaches of Normandy, you know, uh, the deception oh, uh, yeah. was an important role in, 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 in enabling this to succeed. They actually had General Patton as a part of that deception in that beach you were talking about. And, and they had Hollywood stage people make these fake tents, which were practically just balloons, but convinced the Nazis that the invasion was going somewhere else by Patton's army, and that's why a lot of troops were not moved to Normandy to fight off the invasion. Yeah, that's it's, it's really remarkable. That's a great piece of history there, Mike. Um, in a moment, we'll hear once again from General Dwight Eisenhower in his address to the troops. You'll want to hear this in, in its entirety. It's about a minute and a half. And the president, our president, Donald Trump, never better from what we've heard. Another excerpt from his speech at Normandy within the past hour is coming right up. Join the conversation on this 75th anniversary of D-Day edition of Good Morning Orlando, if you'd like, at 407-916-5400 or via the text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. And we have an update, of course, on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, as always, in only two minutes, here on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now. Try this one on for size. Out of partisan political Washington, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi reportedly has told senior Democrats she'd like to see President Trump in prison. Politico has that report. They also say that Pelosi clashed with House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler, who's been pushing to start impeachment proceedings at a meeting late on Tuesday night. Nadler had asked Pelosi for a second time to let him start the effort to impeach Trump. Pelosi responded, I don't want to see him impeached. I want to see him in prison. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Let's go to the phones on our special 75th anniversary of D-Day edition of the show. Terry, welcome in from Orlando. Uh, You've got a great story about your dad, and he's still with you, right? Let's work on that. In the meantime... I'll tell you what I want you to do, Yaffe, because we've been talking about D-Day by the numbers. Let's play, let's play Eisenhower's address to the troops. He was the supreme commander on D-Day. Here he is. Soldiers, sailors, and airmen of the Allied Expeditionary Force, you are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. In company with our brave allies and brothers-in-arms on other fronts, you will bring about the destruction of the German war machine, the elimination of Nazi tyranny over the oppressed peoples of Europe, and security for ourselves in a free world. 
your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely. But this is the year 1944. Much has happened since the Nazi triumphs of 1940-41. The United Nations have inflicted upon the Germans great defeats in open battle, man to man. Our air offensive has seriously reduced their strength in the air and their capacity to wage war on the ground. Our home fronts have given us an overwhelming superiority in weapons and munitions of war and placed at our disposal great reserves of trained fighting men. The tide has turned. The free men of the world are marching together to victory. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty, and skill in battle. We will accept nothing less than full victory. Good luck, and let us all beseech the blessing of Almighty God upon this great and noble undertaking. General Dwight Eisenhower with his amazing, stirring, inspiring Address to the Troops of D-Day. Unfortunately, we've been unable to make the connection with Terry here, whose dad is, is, is still alive and was a reporter covering D-Day 75 years ago. We regret that. However, on the text line, folks are having a lot to say. Yeah, one person said an invasion of this size could not happen today. Our press would be too Johnny on the spot to let the world know what we were doing First, a report is more important than the protection of America and its people. little praise for us from our buddy Joe saying that we did an incredibly fantastic job on delivering the D-Day numbers. It's a story that needs to be told on this day for sure. Let's listen to the president on the beaches of Normandy with a stirring speech. Another excerpt, all of this going down since we came on the air at 6 o'clock. They battled not for control and domination, but for liberty, democracy, and self-rule. They pressed on for love and home and country, the main streets, the schoolyards, the churches, and neighbors, the families, and communities that gave us men such as these. They were sustained by the confidence that America can do anything because we are a noble nation with a virtuous people praying to a righteous God. President Trump, what a speech um, on Normandy, and, and, and we are watching uh, the coverage, and we will give you more later on. Turkeys in Tallahassee, bud, and in our Elsewhere segment, Snakes in a Basement. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together just two minutes away on Good Morning Orlando. It is 7.30. Good morning, Orlando, and on the 6th of June, 2019, we observe the 75th anniversary of D-Day. A whole lot more to come, including a D-Day question on our sound judgment game later in this half hour. But in other news, Alan, uh, we talked a lot about the Florida budget here, like mm -hmm. $91 billion. Yep. Is it possible that Florida is spending money on things we really don't need? It's possible, bud. <laughs> You know, it's nowhere near Thanksgiving, but a consumer watchdog group says this year's state budget is filled with more than 100 turkeys. 
Rory O'Neill reports from our newsroom. The decision to label a budget item a turkey isn't based on merit. They're called that because they're slipped into the budget with little or no oversight. The hunt by Florida Tax Watch found 109 turkeys worth $133 million. Out of a $91 billion budget, it's not much, but the group says too many pet projects are getting approved in last-minute deal-making in Tallahassee. Rory O'Neill, News Radio 93.1, WFLA. I, for one, not ready to pardon those turkeys, Alan. And boy, Rory had quite a mess to clean up after did. the turkeys were in the newsroom there. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A pedestrian appears to be at fault for a collision with an Orange County deputy's cruiser that cost him his life. Ocoee police say that 67-year-old Roger Fitzgerald of Orlando was crossing against the light when he was hit by the cruiser at West Colonial Drive and Blackwood Avenue. Fitzgerald died at the scene. The deputy was off-duty at the time, and police say he had a green light. A Seminole County burn ban is now in effect. Because of the continuing dry conditions, officials have decided to implement the restrictions on all outside burning to hopefully prevent brush fires. Seminole's Deputy Fire Chief Jeff Ward says, yes, there's rain in the forecast, but that could be a mixed blessing. The question then comes in, if we have lightning with that, do we now have ignition sources? And was there enough, it's a big balancing act, was there enough water that, you know, precipitation from that storm to outweigh the amount of lightning strikes we got. The burn ban will stay in place in Seminole County for at least seven days. If you're on the road in Florida, you're no stranger to traffic congestion, so maybe it makes sense that our state is headquarters for a new federal transportation project. The National Institute for Congestion Reduction will be based in Florida, so what will it research? A lot of people might find it hard to believe, but there still are a lot of elements Uh, of how humans drive that we don't completely know, we don't completely understand. Dr. Robert Bertini will head the new institute based at the University of South Florida in Tampa, which beat out more than 50 other applicants for a $7.5 million grant. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. The summer heat is on, but it's not too soon to start thinking about ice hockey. The Orlando Solar Bears just announced their season will open at home against the South Carolina Stingrays on October 12th. Solar Bears tickets go on sale this morning. And elsewhere... More than 150 snakes are adjusting to a new home. Authorities in New York found 157 snakes inside a home in Newburgh, New York this week. Police were tipped off to the property by medical professionals at a medical center in the Bronx. A man had come into the hospital on Monday needing treatment for a snake bite. Doctors found he wasn't certified to own any snakes. When officers showed up at his home, they found all of those snakes, 157 of them, in the basement. Oh, that's a tough assignment if I'm the guy who has to go on that call. And count them. Yeah. (laughs) The reptiles have now been moved to the Bronx Zoo. And it's our favorite three words, bud, a Florida man. Uh Uh-oh. This could lead anywhere. Yeah. And usually nowhere good. (laughs) A Florida man is under arrest for allegedly dumping a bottle of ketchup on his sleeping girlfriend because of a supposed affair. Police say they arrived at the Pinellas Park home of 37-year-old Peter Wagman and found his girlfriend covered in the red condiment. The woman told officers she awoke to Wagman pouring the ketchup on her and yelling. Though he denied assaulting her, even though he had ketchup on his pant leg, the man was still taken to the county jail. Wagman now faces a domestic battery charge. For ketchup? 
Yeah. I mean, I'm not defending this guy, you know, if he's being if he's being mean and all of this, but that's not doesn't sound like domestic battery to me. She's covered with ketchup. Is he hanging out with the guy that slapped his girlfriend in the face with a hamburger? I well, they'd make quite a team, wouldn't I'm they? Undoubtedly, saying. another Florida man. Oh, it's yes. the weirdest villain duo ever. But okay. <laughs> but really, is that a chargeable <laughs> offense? Domestic battery for spreading ketchup over your? I mean, I'm not defending this is. kind of behavior. <laughs> but you know, if it's but been, isn't isn't that supposed to be you know you know beating somebody to a pulp or whatever? Seems to me. I don't know. If it had been hot sauce, then I could understand. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'd have thanked him. If it yeah, you love the hot sauce. Yeah, he's favorite. Jeez, that's crazy. And finally, it's mm-hmm. not a Florida man, but a Connecticut woman who is in jail for reportedly attacking a pregnant McDonald's manager. This story comes a day after we reported on a woman in Louisiana who called 911 to complain that Taco Bell was out of tacos. Yes. Police say 21-year-old Chanel Hansen was upset with her McChicken sandwich at the fast food restaurant in Norwich, so she jumped behind the counter to prepare another sandwich and assaulted the pregnant employee in the process. Hansen's been charged with breach of the peace and third-degree assault. She'll appear in court later this month. No word whether any ketchup or other condiments were involved in the altercation. Those sandwiches are a dollar, I think. Literally a dollar. All of that for a sandwich that's a dollar. These are becoming the most bizarre and dangerous places in America inside fast food joints. You know, no wonder. The only time I ever go to fast food, I do a drive through I don't want to be in there. (laughs) Who knows what's going on in there? Usually at the drive through it works pretty well, you know, (laughs) Melissa? I I used to run the drive-thru, and I'll tell you, yeah, unless you say bad things over the drive-thru speaker to me, yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, but all this nutso stuff is going on behind you, all right, but out of, of, you know, I'm out of the line of fire. Good grief. As long as it's a drive-thru and not a drive-by. Yeah, well, there you go. Find these stories and more on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. And you can listen to him every morning here or catch all the Elsewhere segments on the website. Once a day, every day, we play the Sound Judgment Game. Got a great prize right now, great summertime prize. The Orlando Science Center, the Ninja Turtles exhibit there. Kids, grandkids going to love this. You'll be a hero to take them. you got to get on the line, and you're eligible to play. It's a D-Day question. It's the 75th anniversary that we are observing today of the Allied Invasion. I think you can handle this one, and it's a great prize, great fun family event. you got four tickets coming your way to this special deal, and you can see everything else at the Science Center, which is a pretty incredible place here in Orlando. What's the number to play Sound Judgment? Glad you asked. 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400, or grab the toll free now at 866-916-5400. You're eligible if you haven't won in 30 days. Stand aside. First-timers, get on the phone right now. Take a shot at the question. We're not going to be debating the issues. All you got to do is take your best shot. It's easy. 407-916-5400. Toll-free, 866-916-5400. Sound judgment followed by the Rush Morning Update. All straight ahead after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic once again here in only two minutes on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM AM 540 and the iHeartRadio app. 
We're about to play our game, Sound Judgment, but let's talk about the big games in the NBA Finals. The Raptors back on top right now. Toronto overcame 47 points by Steph Curry to beat Golden State 123-109. to Game 3 in Oakland. The Raptors uh, lead that best-of-seven series 2-1, to and the Warriors host Game 4 on Friday. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFL. LA. Hey, I still have the toll-free line open. Don't tell anybody because you can grab it ahead of anybody else. 866-916-5400. Just for you. This is just for, not, no, not you, just for you. 866-916-5400. We're ready to play and play for what, Melissa? Oh, it's a great one. Four-pack of tickets for the Orlando Science Center. You know the kids are out of school, so... This is an awesome thing because Nickelodeon's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Secret of the Sewer is an exhibit and it's one of those hands-on things that's going to teach the kids and you teamwork, creative thinking, training, humor. You can just go ahead and bypass the line by getting your tickets at osc.org or win a four-pack of tickets right now by getting sound judgment. Yeah, and if somebody blows it and gets a wrong answer, a line opens and you can still get in at 407-916-5400. On this special D-Day 75th anniversary edition of our show, our sound judgment question focuses on American involvement in the Allied invasion of Europe. Listen to the sound of an American radio broadcast reporting on first word of the invasion, which was actually being carried, would you believe, on Nazi Germany radio before we had any official word from the U.S. government. Now, 156 thousand allied troops participated in the d-day invasion by land sea and air of those how many were american troops how many come within five thousand of the number and you're our winner here is a special bulletin early this morning the long-awaited british and american invasion began when paratroops landed in the area of the somme estuary The harbor of La Havre is being fiercely bombarded at the present moment. Naval forces of the German Navy are off the coast fighting with enemy landing vessels. So, how many of the 156,000 D-Day troops were American? Round it off to a number, come within 5,000, and you're our winner. Line one, you've got the first shot. Go ahead, line one. Line one. 24,000. Nope, it's more than 21,000. There's the chance to get in and win. 407-916-5400 as we open up that line. Line two, how many American troops on D-Day? 175,000. No, it's less than that. 407-916-5400. Remember, the total was 156,000 for all the countries involved. Line three, how many of the troops were American? 45,000. Say it again. 45,000. Nope, nope. You're low. It's more than that. Line four, you're up. How many of those troops on D-Day were American? 53,000. You are closer than anybody, but we can't pay off. You're getting there. Let's go to the toll-free line as we open this one up at 407-916-5400. Toll-free, how many of the D-Day troops were American troops? Zero. You're an idiot. Don't waste our time. Please find something else to do with your life, Joe. Okay? Please. Line one, go ahead. You're up, line one. 65,000. No, but you're the closest we've had. 407-916-5400. 
Just a few more than that, okay? How many American troops fought on D-Day of the total of 156,000? Line two, you're up. Go ahead. I couldn't hear the last guess. I'm sorry. Doesn't uh, matter. I, I, you give us your best guess. Um, 58,000? Yeah, you just made it. You're oh, within, right. I think so, right, Yaffe? 68,000. Was that a 58? You said 58, didn't you? I did. I said 58. I'm sorry. I didn't quite catch it. Thank you. We can't pay off. Line one, how many American troops on D-Day? 67. No. 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 Line three, go ahead. You can do it. 68,000. 68,000. The number is 73. I gave you 5,000 each way. You just made it. Congratulations. You have won the prize. That's one of the longest-running sound judgment games I can ever recall. Congratulations for being our winner. Hello? Hello. Are you there? Are you there? Yes. All right. What's your name, sir? Herman. Aman, how do I spell it? G-E-R-M. Hello? Yes, Hello? How do I spell it? G-E-R-M-A-N. German. Got yes, it. German. Thank you, German. Don't go away. I'll put you on hold. You work it out with Melissa, okay, my friend? Thank you for being a part of our show. And German, congratulations. Whew. It's exhausting. <laughs> we did it. Rush with a morning update coming right up um, after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines for you right now. President Trump says talks with Mexico over tariffs and immigration will pick back up today after Wednesday's discussion ended without a deal. Tariffs on all Mexican imports, the president says, are set to be started on next Monday, starting at the 5% level, slipping up to uh, progressively to uh, 25% by the 1st of October if Mexico does not stem the flow of migrants out of Central America through its country to the U.S. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox. Got a texture pointing out how ironic it is that the person who wins the Sound Judgment Games name is German, spelled just like German on D Day. Wow. Um, and another one says, boo, I said 65,000 American troops. Bud didn't give it to me. That's because he had a $5,000 or 5,000 troop range, and the number is 73. You were eight shy. Florida okay? math. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let, let's go to Terry right now. We're reconnecting with him, calling in locally. Your dad, age 95, was a reporter on D-Day, Terry? Uh, good morning, Bud. Uh, no, he was a writer in the British Navy. Uh, and he was on one of the ships bobbing about in the channel uh, 75 years ago today. Um, and they administered uh, all the things that you met, the facts that you gave her, all the orders, the maps, and things such as that were being distributed. It was like a hub, I guess, from where information was passed uh, to the various places it had to go. And uh, he's still alive today, alive and kicking, still lucid and... Doesn't talk about it very much, but we, we live in Montford. He moved here uh, seven years ago to live with us. And well, what a great blessing you still have him, and uh, it, it, it's kind of amazing, isn't it, to know that your dad played a role in the greatest Allied yeah. invasion in history? 
and it's a bit special to us because we were from we were all born in the town of Portsmouth and lived yeah. there all our lives. And, and of course, America. Of course, that that is where the ships departed. Most of them from England. Wow, what a story, Terry. Thank you for that. Lots of D-Day anniversary talk on the ride home this afternoon. You'll catch it with Yaffe on... Yeah, PM Orlando, 5 to 6 p.m. We will cover all the latest going on over in Europe today. Absolutely. And then you'll be on in prime time with Connections. That's correct. 9 o'clock tonight, we're addressing hydrating in this wonderful hot weather that we're having. That's really important stuff in prime time at 9 with Melissa on Connections. And Alan, now to you. More on the D-Day ceremonies, the Parkland School Resource Officer in court, and who took the upper hand in the NBA Finals. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes, 8 o'clock on Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Soldiers, sailors, and airmen of the Allied Expeditionary Force, you are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. General Eisenhower addressing the troops on D-Day 75 years ago today. Good morning, Orlando, and welcome to our special D-Day edition of the show. And here at 8 o'clock, also, our look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Coming your way right now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. Good morning, Orlando. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour is D-Day 75, more in one minute. And I'll be interviewing a local D-Day veteran, Major Jack Hallett, age 98. And he'll be right here on the 50,000-watt front porch on Good Morning Orlando. President Trump is remembering the sacrifice and victory of the men who landed on the beaches of Normandy 75 years ago today. Trump and other leaders spoke at the Normandy American Cemetery, where so many thousands of Americans are buried. Trump said their sacrifice was made for the survival of liberty. May God bless our great veterans. May God bless our allies. May God bless the heroes of D-Day. And may God bless America. And the president called American veterans of World War II the greatest generation that ever lived. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. The now former school resource officer who never confronted the shooter during the massacre at Stoneman Douglas High is already fighting in court. During his bond hearing, Scott Peterson's defense attorney questioned claims he was a caregiver. Fellow attorney David Weinstein says no law clearly states that an SRO must put his life on the line. And whether or not he neglected what he was able to do and whether or not his actions were related to protecting himself or protecting the children and adults who were up on that third floor. Peterson's bond is set at $102,000. And as we discussed yesterday, a lot of legal experts think it's going to be very, very hard to convict Peterson on the most serious charges. Meanwhile, Bud, schools still not in compliance with Florida's guardian mandate are called out 
at a meeting of the Stoneman Douglas Public Safety Commission. Ten Florida districts, about 190 schools, are still without a guardian program, including Palm Beach County. And the people of Palm Beach that have children in those schools ought to be standing up and saying, have you all lost your ever-loving mind? Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd says the public and charter schools are fighting over funding and implementation, putting every child at risk for no reason. He calls this ridiculous and says the schools need to be staffed with a resource officer or guardian until all the issues are hashed out in court. Wendy Grossman, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. It's amazing after all this time, Alan, that there is still this resistance. A deadly shooting is highlighting a long-running issue in one Brevard County neighborhood. An Indialandic man was killed this week in a shootout with a deputy after he and a neighbor got into an argument about feeding feral cats. Neighbors say feral cats have been roaming the streets for decades, and some blame the city of Indialandic's no-kill policy of neutering or spaying the cats before releasing them back where they were found. The Raptors are back in control of the NBA Finals. They beat the Warriors 123-109 in Game 3 at Oakland. They had to overcome 47 points by Golden State's Steph Curry. But Toronto head coach Nick Nurse said... It doesn't really matter, right? I don't, I mean, I don't really... All that matters, my, my dad used to tell me the stats don't matter, just the final score. So we'll just, we'll just take the win and be, be thankful for that. Somehow I have an urge to clear my throat. The all, rap- the, all these <laughs> NBA coaches, they all wind up sounding like that from screaming yes. at the sidelines year after year. Yeah, the Raptors now lead the best of seven series 2-1. to one, and The Warriors host game four tomorrow night. WFLA News time is 8.08. A Major League Baseball position player shows off YouTube-inspired moves on the pitching mound. That story and video are online at WFLAOrlando.com. Join us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. All morning long, we're commemorating the 75th anniversary of D-Day. In a moment, we are placing the call as we speak to Major Jack Hallett. Lives in Central Florida, age 98. He flew top cover in a P-38 fighter to try and protect the men on the beaches of Normandy 75 years ago today. This American hero next on Good Morning Orlando. Right after an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. That's in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 8.09. Headlines now. This, of course, a day of remembrance around the world. As President Trump joined world leaders this morning and veterans in Normandy, France, to mark the 75th anniversary of the D-Day invasion, the president continuing a tradition for American presidents to honor The nearly 160,000 Allied troops who landed on June 6, 1944, setting in motion the end of Hitler's Third Reich. Updates at least every 10 minutes on our top stories for you on Good Morning Orlando. Listen to us anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Search WFLA Orlando. What an honor it is to have a member of the Fighting Force on D-Day from Central Florida, Major Jack Hallett, age 98. Um, Jack, welcome to Good Morning Orlando. We really do appreciate you coming on the line this morning. Thank you for having me. So you've been watching the coverage on television of the uh, 75th anniversary ceremonies from Normandy. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I was very, very uh, taken with it. It, uh, I choked up. 
uh, I thought the president did a fantastic job. He sure did. Uh, and it just, uh, seeing all those crosses, I don't know how anybody can not tear up when they see it. Take us back, take us back 75 years ago to tell us about your D-Day. As I explained, you flew a P-38 fighter called Top Cover. You were way up there looking down on the beaches of Normandy. But how and where did your D-Day begin, Jack? Well, uh, I was not in the first flight that went out. Uh, my, I went out in the mid-morning. I was flying as a wingman, so I didn't get to watch my... As a wingman, you were covering the rear end of the guy who you were flying on. So I'm not sure what altitude we were at. The weather was lousy, but it was flyable, obviously. Our mission was to make sure no enemy fighters came in on the beaches to bomb or strafe the troops. So you did. you were watching to see that that was not happening to your the leader, the guy you were flying wing on. So, but I did get, would look down periodically. Also, I had to keep my eyes up to watch for enemy fighters. Uh, I never saw so many ships in all my life. And looking down, all I could think of, where do these guys watching them land? Where do these guys find the courage? Could I have done mm. that? I'm mm. not sure I could have. Oh, the, my the, goodness. The, the bravery, the, the courage that these guys had is just unbelievable. I'm not sure I could have done it. Oh, I think you probably could. You're made of the right stuff, and so were they. You survived, and here you are at age 98, you know, to be to be observing the 75th anniversary of this incredible invasion, and like any other, that really did um, it spell the beginning of the end of Nazi Germany and save the world for democracy and our way of life, and you're a part of that forever. You survived. Thousands, of course, did not. Did you lose any of your brothers in arms? Oh, yes. You know, we lost 97 out of my group. Um, I lost very, very good friends. One of them was a, a guy, Paul Toops from Louisiana. I went through cadets with him. We were instructors together. I was a replacement. We went through to get cadets together, went through fighter training together, and he got killed. And he was just one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. Uh, and, and I lost others, too, but he was particularly tough losing uh, because we had known each other all that time and, and were very, very close. Sure. Now, while you were in Europe in the war, you flew over 100 missions, uh, first in a, in a P-38 Lightning uh, playing top cover that day. Um, when the day was over, I mean, how many hours were you in the air? And, and when you came back down, what do you remember thinking? What do you remember happening at the end of D-Day? I, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It, it, uh, I I can't tell you how many how long the flight was. I, I'm sorry, I just don't remember. Interesting. It, it, uh, I don't remember what altitude we were at. I wasn't paying any attention because I was flying on the, this guy's wing, uh, and I, I honestly don't. I can't tell you probably any mission at what altitude I was at. What about the emotions you were feeling when you're in the air? You know, you could have met Nazi resistance. Apparently, you saw some Nazi planes. But I mean, no, we, we, no we, we didn't. We didn't have any. There were only two 
from what I read later on, uh-huh. there were only two Nazi planes come in, and we didn't see them. Was it a feeling of fear? What were the emotions when you're when you're flying your fighter plane on D-Day? No, there was no fear because we were wait. I, uh, I I don't know. I, I I can't. I was just watching those guys and thinking more about when I the times I would take my eyes off of the guy I was flying wing wing on. We would not fly a close formation. We were flying what was called a combat formation which would be a little bit spread out so that you, you, I could take my eyes off of the guy I was flying wing on uh, and yet be close enough to cover him. But I could look down and I could look around, which was what I was supposed to do was, was to look around to watch the enemy fighters. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, but, I understand. But looking down, I, all I could think of was the guts those poor people had. Uh, but you couldn't look down. You couldn't stare down. You had to watch the, the skies. Is sure. what I was looking for. I, understand. I can't. I can't tell you the emotions I had. I, I can tell you that there were times I was petrified. But you, it's like if you were ever in pain, you cannot refill the pain. Refill the pain. Yeah. And it's the same way now. I can't tell you whether I was scared or not. I probably was. I don't know. Very interesting perspective. Before you go, Major Jack Hallett. What did you do with the rest of your life when the war was over? Well, uh, they suggested I get out. It's another long story. I uh, I don't have time for a long story, but I have time for a short one. <laughs> well, I I, uh, I went back. I married the, the girl when I was instructing. I was an instructor before I went over, and I married the girl from Alabama. And we were up in New England, and I was got tired of. She got tired of snow, so did I, so we moved to Florida in 1951. Well, what kind of work did you do? I was in, uh, they opened a primary flying school for Air Force students, and I did that for 10 years at Bartow Air Base. How about that, down in Polk yeah. County there, yeah. Yeah. Hey, great yeah. having you with us. Major Jack Hallett, who was part of the fighting force, flying a P-38 fighter on D-Day 75 years ago today. Thanks for calling us from your home in Leesburg and continued good health to you, sir. Thank you kindly, bud. God bless. Wow. Thank you. 407-916-5400. Any thoughts on that interview with our American hero? He won't call himself that, but I will. Uh, Major Jack Hallett, 407-916-5400. Our text line, 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes for you here on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now. You've heard that President Trump's going to kick off his 2020 presidential campaign officially with a big rally in downtown Orlando on the 18th of June. Listen to this. The president's June 18th rally at the Amway Center now forcing Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer to reschedule his State of the City speech. It was slated for earlier the same day at the Dr. Phillips Center. But city officials say the logistical support required for a presidential visit has necessitated the change. Dyer's had to move his speech now to Monday, the 24th of June. Updates at least every 10 minutes on the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. My co-host Alan Spector is getting the 8.30 ready in the newsroom, but uh, Yaffe and Melissa, you were listening uh, intently uh, as I talk with Major Jack Hallett, a D-Day veteran. A humble veteran. 
you know, when I talk to a lot of veterans, they'll tell me they were just doing their job, you know, yeah. that's how they feel. We know that they're actually heroes, but they're, they're usually very humble. And they said, we were just doing the job that we were supposed to do. Amen. What a great guy. You know, he was telling me on the phone before you did the interview about how he was watching all the ceremonies and he just said, you know, I just don't feel like I'm worthy of the praise that some of these people and all, you know, gave all just a modest, humble yeah. guy. What a great guy. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Thanks, Jack. Yeah. Let's listen to President Trump and the veterans over in D-Day, and there were, there were hundreds of them, believe it or not, uh, aging uh, age from 91 to 101 in the beaches of Normandy as the president spoke. Here are his opening remarks. We are gathered here on freedom's altar, on these shores, on these bluffs, on this day 75 years ago. 10,000 men shed their blood and thousands sacrificed their lives for their brothers, for their countries, and for the survival of liberty. Today, we remember those who fell and we honor all who fought right here in Normandy. They won back this ground for civilization to more than 170 veterans of the Second World War who join us today. You are among the very greatest Americans who will ever live. You are the pride of our nation. You are the glory of our republic. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. What a speech by President Trump on the beaches of Normandy. A texter reminds us, if you want to connect uh, more thoroughly with the, the reality of D-Day, then we've done all we can here this morning on the radio. Watch the classic John Wayne D-Day film. Lots of other great stars in it. The Longest Day from the early 60s. And, of course, um, Saving Private Ryan. We would heartily recommend both to you. You want the best in heart care? I will recommend one doctor and one practice. Dr. Ken Kronhaus, my heart doctor, Lake Cardiology. It's amazing how much attention every patient gets. And I'll tell you, other patients I spoke with uh, echo my experience in that regard. Here is Ron. He answers every question. He analyzes you so well. And the, the staff has been just wonderful. Everybody here has just been wonderful. Uh, I would recommend these Lake Cardiology to anybody. Yeah, all heart practices are not the same. Trust me on this. You want the very best? You want Dr. Kronhaus at Lake Cardiology. Ask about his groundbreaking BudScan 2.0 heart scan, the one that saved my life, and he named it in my honor. I'm very humbled by that, and it might save your life, and insurance covers it. I mean, it ends all the guesswork about what's going on inside your ticker, and lives are saved as a result every day. Let's find out how you're doing heart health-wise, okay? Schedule an appointment, Lake Cardiology, Dr. Kronhaus. And here's the number. Please mention the Bud Man and Company on WFLA when you call 352-735-1400, 352-735-1400. Dr. K will be here with his weekly house call, Breaking Health and Medical News. Uh, you think white meat's really more healthful than red meat? Well, uh, we'll find out what the new research says. In the meantime, at the bottom of the uh, 8 o'clock hour, it is 8.30, and Alan Spector's here with our news update. But the new Cuba ban has cruise lines changing their itineraries, and a Volusia County deputy is remembered. 
Those stories and elsewhere, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes. 8.30 on Good Morning Orlando. And as our special edition of the show continues as we commemorate the 75th anniversary of D-Day, of course, we're keeping you up to date on all the news, and Alan has the latest. But the Trump administration's new ban on travel to Cuba is in effect, and that means cruise lines are changing their itineraries now that Cuban ports are again off limits. The Carnival Sensation cruise ship had to change a destination on the cruise that left Miami Monday. It'll stop in Cozumel Thursday instead of Havana. Guests will get a $100 onboard credit. The company says it will update itineraries on upcoming cruises within the next couple of days. Carnival Cruise Line and Holland America Line had been sailing to Cuba, and Seabourn, owned by the same company, was scheduled to begin trips there in November, all now canceled. Gordon Bird, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. This morning, a celebration of life will be held to honor the Volusia County deputy who was killed in a bicycle accident. Services for Senior Deputy Frank Schofield are scheduled for 11 a.m. at the First Baptist Church in Daytona Beach, and the public is welcome. The 58-year-old deputy was killed while riding his bike on Tomoka Farms Road when he was hit from behind by a driver who ran a stop sign. As we told you yesterday, a burn ban is in effect in Seminole County. Deputy Fire Chief Jeff Ward tells us that means all open burning outside is prohibited until further notice. Campfires, any bonfires, or any open burning of yard trash or yard debris or waste. Chief Ward says it doesn't take much to ignite an inferno. One small ember, something like an ember from that fire, can light off that very dry vegetation there, and then before you know it, we have a wildfire. More afternoons, uh, rains are in the forecast, but Ward cautions that could be a mixed blessing if the storms include lightning. A state representative says he is sorry for actions that led to calls for his resignation. Pensacola Republican Mike Hill issuing an apology for chuckling at a suggestion from a constituent last month that gays should be executed. He said he deeply regrets how the tone of his response was received. Hill said he believes all lives are equal in the image of God and added that he served in the military to protect the freedoms of all Americans. Florida Tax Watch is out with its annual list of state budget turkeys Projects totaling $133 million. Some of these programs could be valuable. The question is, if with you know scarce dollars, are these the things that the state should be funding at a local level that don't have a statewide impact? Tax Watch's Kurt Wenner is confident the governor will use his line-item veto to trim the state budget where necessary. And elsewhere... Another day, another weird thing happening in a New York City subway station. Some people waiting for a train at the 2nd Avenue F train station in Manhattan came across a baby shark. One man took a picture and posted it online, circulating it through social media. The MTA says they were able to remove the shark. Transit officials did not provide info on the fish's condition and do not know where it came from. I'm speaking for listeners when I say we're all remiss about the baby shark. Why you didn't play it? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I believe me, I was it's thinking about it, shark. but uh, let's let's just say time restrictions. <laughs> we just never prevent, got there. Prevented me from playing baby shark. But I got to tell you, there's a lot of bizarre news comes out of New York subways, but I've never heard of a shark. I can't even. I didn't even. I mean, was the thing alive? Well, that's up for debate. Really? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like a bad sci-fi movie. Yeah. It does. <laughs> Sushi by Subway. What else you got? 
Uh, college basketball is moving back the three-point line more than a foot. The NCAA Playing Rules Oversight Panel has approved several changes, including moving the three-pointer to 22 feet, 1.75 inches, starting next season. That is the same as the international distance and up from the previous 20 feet, 9 inches. This is the first change to the three-point line since 2008-2009 season. I think it'll make the game more interesting. You can't rely on cannon all those three-pointers, you know. I mean, yeah. it's just... I like it. I want to see more people drive into the basket, you know? Yeah, the, the three-pointer almost has become automatic to yeah. a certain extent in college basketball. Yep. Finally, Heinz has egg on its corporate face after finding out that the name of its condiment, Mayo Chup, has a most unpleasant meaning in the Cree language. We have some of that stuff, combining mayonnaise and ketchup, right? It's That's good, right. but the name is a problem somewhere? Well, in Cree, where do they speak Cree? Anybody know? Uh, somewhere in the Midwest, uh, there's some Native Americans, maybe. They ought to speak it on Crete, you would think, but uh, they probably don't. No, mm. It's all Greek to me. Anyway, <laughs> in Cree, the word mayo apparently means pertaining to excrement. Oh, lovely. Oh, boy. While the word chup means eyes or face, depending on the dialect. Heinz introduced mayo chup, as Bud pointed out, a mixture of mayonnaise and ketchup last year, and issued a statement about the newly discovered meaning. The statement reads, in part, the only thing we want our customers to have on their faces this summer is our newest condiment mashup, mayo chup. Look up where they speak Cree, will you? We'll try to get that a little later on. Let's get that nailed down, can we? Gotta have it. (laughs) Somebody around here nail that down. Find these stories and more on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. Hey, got a little news for you right now. Dr. Kronhaus's uncovered research. House call coming up. Sorry, fitness fanatics, your 10,000 step a day goal is bogus. Stay tuned. The house call is next after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in only two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now as we continue to watch the um, ceremonies commemorating the 75th anniversary of D-Day live from Normandy. President Trump is now holding a news conference with uh, French President Macron. They're going to be holding a bilateral meeting, and the president's been talking about uh, uh, D-Day, and it was a moving ceremony this morning. We'll continue to watch all of this. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. TM Orlando, weekdays 5 till 6 p.m., News Radio 93.1. Here on Good Morning Orlando, we care about your health and well-being. After all, without you would listen to the show. That's why each Thursday at this time, we welcome our own doctor, Ken Kronhaus. My heart doctor from Lake Cardiology and my dear friend, uh, Doc, welcome aboard. Always great to have you with us Thursday for the house call at 840. Welcome aboard. Great to be with you, Bud. So for years and years and years, we've been hearing if you're going to eat meat, it's healthier to eat white meat than red meat. What's the latest research on that? Another dogma may bite the dust. This new research, it challenges the widespread belief that white meat, such as chicken, is better for cholesterol levels, and that's what we're talking about here, than red meat, such as beef, pork, or lamb. This new research, it's more powerfully testing how different meat intakes affect the levels of lipids and lipoproteins. These are the cholesterol 
cholesterols and the molecules that carry them that can cause fatty deposits to form on the arteries. And that's what it's all about, clogging the inner lining, the wallpaper of our circulation. So consuming both red and white meat raises blood cholesterol levels more than consuming equivalent levels of non-meat sources of protein, such as vegetables and dairy. So you want to get most of your protein, if you can, from vegetables, dairy, and fish. That's important there. Here's an interesting question in the research this week. Can blood pressure drugs help reduce dementia risk? But the main characteristic of dementia is progressive cognitive decline, wherein a person experiences memory loss and a decline in their thinking and decision-making abilities. We know that hypertension is tied to a higher risk of brain lesions, which are tied to dementia. Well, the news this week is that adults who follow antihypertensive treatments lower their incidence of dementia. Interesting, and this is a scary item here, Doc, that a common heartburn drug may be linked with some fatal conditions? My goodness. British Medical Journal this week. Drugs commonly used, bud, for heartburn, acid reflux, and ulcers may raise the risk of numerous fatal conditions, including heart disease and stomach cancer. Proton pump inhibitors, the PPIs, that prescribe to treat gastrointestinal conditions that involve an excess of acid production. Examples include Nexium, Asafex, Zegarid, Dexalent, Prevacid, Prilosec, and Protonics. Protein pump inhibitors, they should be avoided when not medically necessary. For those who have a medical need, protein pump inhibitors, you should be limited to the lowest effective dose and the shortest duration possible. I know people who pop Nexium like candy, Doc. This is a big red flag for them, isn't it? Absolutely. You can get it over the counter. This is very important. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of kids are taking dietary supplements. Parents think this is going to make them healthier and stronger, maybe more competitive in sports. Red flag here as well, right? Absolutely. But over-the-counter dietary supplements may be harmful and possibly deadly for children and young adults, according to a study published this week in the Journal of Adolescent Health. Roughly 40% of people up to age 25 who take weight loss, muscle building, and energy supplements suffer severe medical complications. Many... Supplements of this type studied in this research have been found to contain contaminants such as heavy metals, pesticides, and other harmful chemicals, including prescription drugs. But supplements containing those substances have been linked to liver damage, testicular cancer, and even death. My goodness. And now the debate continues. How much coffee is good for you and how much is too much and bad for you? What do you see in the latest research? A little is good, but way too much is really bad. The American Journal of Clinical Nutrition this week. Coffee, it's the most popular beverage worldwide with an estimated 3 billion with a B cups consumed every day during... Drinking six or more cups of coffee a day can increase your risk of heart disease by up to 22%. Too much caffeine, it can cause high blood pressure, a key heart risk disease factor. The tipping point is six eight-ounce cups, each containing 75 milligrams of caffeine. My advice, keep caffeine intake under 400 milligrams per day, and I think you'll do well. All right, we got time for one more item here, and fitness fanatics, listen up. I know so many... Of, of you who are out there and you say, I got to get my 10,000 steps in today. It's how I stay fit. 
you might want to think again with the new research Doc reports on now. But this new study from Harvard Medical School, published in the Journal of American Medical Association Internal Medicine this week, says that less may be more when it comes to walking. You may not need that commonly believed 10,000 steps per day for optimal health. Walking only 5,000 steps per day is linked to a decreased risk for early death, and the benefits may even flatten out after about 7,500 steps, making those extra 2,500 paces unnecessary. How about that? Great stuff. Powerful new research here, and you bring it to all of us on the 50,000 Watt Front Porch with the weekly house call, Doc. We always appreciate it. Have a great day at Lake Cardiology, and give my very best to your terrific staff. Be well, bud. Thank you very much. And uh, you can't do better when it comes to heart care than to go see Dr. Kronhaus. You talk about, you know, individual attention for every patient, and you talk about the very best in, uh, in, in know-how with the heart and heart care technology, you know, featuring his BudScan 2.0 heart scan that saved my life, and he named it in my honor, and I'm very grateful for that. I mean, most insurance will cover it. It'll end all the guesswork about what shape your heart's in. I mean, this is, this is where you go to take out some heart insurance. Just schedule an appointment and find out what shape that sticker's in. We want you around for the long haul. Dr. Kronhaus, 352-735-1400, 352-735-1400. And on the radio is nationally syndicated show we carry proudly every Sunday afternoon at 2. You don't want to miss it. It's Good Day Health with Dr. Ken. We keep an eye on what's happening on this D-Day plus 75 years with the ceremonies commemorating the start of the invasion that took down Nazi Germany and ended World War II Final few moments on our 75th anniversary of D-Day edition of Good Morning Orlando. We'll hear from the president on the beaches of Normandy after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines right now on this special edition of our show commemorating the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Moving ceremonies on the beaches of Normandy, France this morning. A stirring speech by President uh, Trump, so well received by all the veterans there. He is now in a bilateral meeting with the French President Macron. Updates at least every 10 minutes. That's our promise to you on our top stories all morning every day on Good Morning Orlando. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. How about we listen to a little bit of President Trump right off the top with his speech in Normandy this morning. They battled not for control and domination, but for liberty, democracy, and self-rule. They pressed on for love and home and country, the main streets, the schoolyards, the churches, and neighbors, the families, and communities that gave us Men such as these, they were sustained by the confidence that America can do anything because we are a noble nation with a virtuous people praying to a righteous God. An unforgettable scene, and we've watched it all unfold as we have covered the 75th anniversary ceremonies. A beautiful and spectacular sight a little earlier this morning as we watched the Macrones and the Trumps basically alone at a railing overlooking the beach at Normandy and a flyover uh, which featured the uh, the airplanes uh, with red, white, and blue smoke streaming out the back. Colors of both countries, of course. You'll be covering it all on PM Orlando from 5 to 6 tonight, right, That's Gaffey? right. 
That's right. And then Melissa on in prime time. That's correct. Nine o'clock tonight. We'll be talking about keeping hydrated. That's on Connections. Thank you. God bless you and God bless America.